You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. I know I don't have to tell you that Christmas is coming and fast. And depending on where you are in your parenting journey, this can be an exciting thing, an overwhelming thing, or both. But here's the deal. Christmas time doesn't have to be an exhausting survival mode time of year. It can be a season of renewal as we anticipate the birth and celebration of Jesus Christ. It's for this very reason that Christian Parenting created a brand new resource for parents like you. It's the Read, Ask, Go interactive Advent devotional for the whole family, and we would love to put one in your hands today. It's created to be used every day from December 1st through December 25th. The Read, Ask, Go devotional experience gives you and your family dedicated time every day this Advent season to read the scripture, ask some questions, and go serve your family, neighbors, and the world. If you're looking for a way to push the easy button on a meaningful spiritual resource for your family this Advent, this is it. So grab your copy of the Read, Ask, Go devotional experience before they're gone. Just visit ChristianParentingAdvent.org to get your copy today. That's ChristianParentingAdvent.org. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my friend and ministry partner, Lisa Clark. We are in the month of November. We are going strong with Thanksgiving, preparing for the holidays, and we want to prepare you with God's Word out of 2 Peter chapter 2 today. We're continuing our study through this book, and I am loving it. How are you feeling about it, Lisa? I'm loving it too, Chrissy. I just think it's so appropriate for today. I think it makes sense to us today. And I'm like, okay, my radar needs to be up. I need to be prepared and know what I know and trust who I need to trust that's proclaiming truth. I mean, our ears get tickled so many days and we just are so easily swayed if we're not rock solid in God's word. That's right. We have so many distractions, so many, so many distractions. It's just really hard. So I love, I love this chapter. Why don't you start us off by reading the nutshell? Okay. Be careful out there. False prophets and teachers are always around. They are greedy. Their eternal punishment stands fixed by God. Arrogantly, they feed you false teachings and model a pleasure-driven lifestyle totally opposed to Christ. These smooth talkers are particularly good at entrapping new Christians who don't know better. They promise freedom but deliver slavery. Mouthing the right church words, they have never been changed or transformed by Christ. As a result, They inevitably return to their dark and filthy ways. What a tragedy. 
I mean, if that doesn't put it in clear words, I don't know what is, what would, I mean, my word. Just these false teachers, false information that is everywhere. And, you know, we are all junkies of information. We want to gather information, but there are some things I just have to turn off right now. Me too. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to discuss it anymore. I don't want to hear a discussion on it. I am, I'm tired and exhausted. So I turn it over to Hallmark and just escape. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So (laughs) I turned on, I was like, okay, it's November, right? Yes. Is Hallmark showing the Christmas movies? Lo and behold, there they were. Okay. There they were. So I was, I was uplifted in my spirit to be quite honest with you. Thank you. Okay. So why don't we start with verses one through three? I'll read those. Okay. First, I want to read this quote by Helen Keller. I thought it was really good. The heresy of one age becomes the orthodoxy of the next. Oh, is that what is happening in our world? The things that we thought about 20 years ago that were just ridiculous and would never happen, are they happening today? They are happening. This is Helen Keller who said this. It's just, it's, it's wild. Okay, so let me do one through three. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Okay, so those are the first three verses of chapter two of second Peter. Remember the old Testament was full of false prophets, people who pretended to hear from God and spoke. So this was nothing new. And now with the gospel running rampant, unbelievers want their piece of the pie and they want to make a mark out there. And it's full of pride and selfish ambition. They just want to be popular. They were claiming to follow Christ, but their lives and teachings denied him in different ways. This brought what he's saying there is their destruction is coming and it will be swift. Immediately when Christ comes again, it'll happen or at their death. So what he's saying is anyone who's prophesying or speaking and it is not from the Lord, God will handle it. God will handle it. Verse two, they were convincing people that sexual immortality outside of immorality, excuse me, sexual immorality outside of marriage was okay. Destructive ways are shameful ways. Literally, it's translated reckless sexual immorality. So what they're saying here, that should have just been a big red flag for everybody. When when your pastor is saying, it's okay for you to have sex outside your marriage. I mean, come on. So, but the people, it was the new church. And so you're my pastor or you're a pastor. You say it. Okay. Right. So he's saying, don't follow these people. Know what you know. Go back to what I taught you. These people are motivated by greed. They wanted the limelight. They wanted what they wanted. It's like, if I want to spend plenty of money, if I just want to be like, I just want to spend money, 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 money. And I, and I'm not prudent with our finances. I can twist and make it up and make you think that what I'm doing is right. Right. By what I say, by what I do, by maybe a scripture or two that I pull out of context, I can convince you. The same thing with parenting. If my kids are doing some things, I can manipulate the story 
to where it's not so bad if I don't want them to look like they're going down the wrong path or what they're doing is wrong. I can justify it. And that's what was happening here. And so Peter's saying, beware of this. These things that seem outside of what you know to be as godliness, you've got to, these are red flags and you must be aware of this because these people are wanting to take you down. God will deal with them. You need to make, be sure that you are strong in your faith and that you are hanging out with people who are spurring you on, teaching you, shaping you, helping you grow in your faith and, and always recount the teachings. You know, it's that scripture that you love, Chrissy, where it says, look back and then look forward on this path that you're on and see the faithfulness of God. That's right. And that's what they need to be doing as they're building their faith. When these things seem kind of, hmm, I don't know about that. That's why I'm real leery of when people send me podcasts on this person or an article on this person. I just want to be like, okay, I want to know who they are before I read or listen. Right. Because if they don't, if it doesn't match up, if I can't, if I don't know if they're trusted or not, I don't even want to go down that road because we're so easily convinced, swayed. aren't we? You're so easily swayed. In my Bible, you use the words made up stories in verse three. They'll exploit you. There you go. Read with made up stories. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And that's why I turn off the news or things that are being talked about a lot because I don't want to hear your opinion. You you're you're just a person they've brought off the street and they I mean it just <laughs> it goes on and on and on. It's just exhausting. Yeah. And we this is another reason why you have to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit will let you know if this is true or false. And number two, based on the knowledge of the scripture, the only place you find truth is in the word of God. So you go back and if the person says something that's tickling your ears, like, well, that does sound right. You need to compare it to the word of God and let the word of God fill you and speak to you if this is right or wrong. That's the only place you'll find truth. That is it. So, you know, they were new to church. They were trying to figure it all out and they were just, there's confusion and confusion is from who? It's from Satan. He stirs, stirs the pot and gets everybody confused. And just like Eve at the very beginning, did he really say that? Is that what he said? And, you know, it just starts from there and goes on. So you have to be so careful. And I love how he's warning them, pay attention Know you're the word of God. Walk in the spirit because there's going to be all these made up stories out there. I am going to read verses four through 11. For if God didn't spare the angels who sinned, but cast them into hell and delivered them in chains of utter darkness to be kept for judgment. And if he didn't spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness and seven others, when he brought the flood on the world of the ungodly, and if he reduced the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes and condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is coming to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous lot, distressed by the depraved behavior of the immoral. For as that righteous man lived among them day by day, his righteous soul was tormented by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. 
verse 9, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despise authority. Bold, arrogant people. They are not afraid to slander the glorious ones. However, Angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a slanderous charge against them before the Lord. So this is when you referred to looking back and seeing God's behavior, his characteristics, the things that he's done in the past. Peter is telling them, let me give you some examples to remind you who this God is that you're following and the power that he possesses. Because we know in the Old Testament, God was God. (laughs) He, He did a lot of things that he did not put up with. He did not put up with certain behaviors. He did not put up with people saying things and doing things that went against his ways. So he's going back through these stories that these people would have known because of their heritage and because of the things that they learned as children. So he's just reminding them, oh, people, let me remind you of Sodom and Gomorrah. What happened there? It was a city that was filled with sin and unrighteousness, and they were living the way they wanted to live and doing things against what God had commanded the people to do. He destroyed it. He couldn't take it. I'm not I'm not putting up with this. So he destroyed it. Let's talk about Noah. He destroyed the world. He even said, did I make a mistake here? Like, I'm going to start over. Because it just made him so sick that people would behave this way. And I love how, in my version, it uses the words, those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despise authority. Is that not the world that we live in? Yes. We do not want anybody telling us what we have to do. We all... We all have an issue with authority at a certain point. We all have that. Yeah, we do. And we we buck the system if someone is trying to make us do something. You are not my authority. Even in parenting, how many times did you hear that? You know, I hate you. You are not, you know. You're not the boss the, of me. Yeah, you're not the boss <laughs> of me. Yeah, I, I am. mean, all the things that people say. That is a reflection of what's inside their polluted desires of flesh at that moment. So Lisa, this is just another reminder of God has power and he will get revenge. He will take care of these people that are living the polluted desires of their flesh and despising authority. Our job is to keep our eyes on the Lord, to keep our eyes on Jesus, to know the word of God and to keep ourselves in community of people that live the life that God has created us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit and by knowing God's word. It's the only way we're going to survive the darkness that we live in. It's true. God's character is just, and he won't allow the scales of justice to remain unbalanced. Amen. And so when we talk about the Old Testament and Peter was recounting these stories in the Old Testament, he's like, God don't play, guys. That's right. Don't <laughs> you, mess with it. We them. have to be responsible. We, we have to know that this sin cannot go unpunished. And now that Jesus has come and took on the sins of humanity on himself, we are covered by his blood 
And so we have to live under that authority now. And how do you live under that authority? With total abandon, with total surrender to Jesus Christ. With Your, your life should look very different now because your sins have been forgiven. The, the cost has been paid. And our lives should represent that. So Peter was was trying to get through to them that the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. Nothing's changed here. And he still takes our sin and our our lives, the way we live them and what we're doing in this life with what he's given us very seriously. Okay, let's keep reading and do verses 12 through 17 now. But these like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from your from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of danger forever. He is saying, guys, these false teachers are deprived. They are the worst of the worst. Flee them. Don't beware. They're promising freedom, but delivering slavery. This yoke that they're speaking of is nothing that you want. That our sin is a yoke of slavery and Jesus Christ removed that yoke of, from us. And now we no longer live under that. He's saying, beware, they are bold and arrogant. They're not afraid to slander even celestial beings. Mm-hmm. If they'll do that, they might even be as bold to speak against God himself. They are in over their heads and they don't know what they're talking about. They say they know so much more than the rest of us but they don't. Their actions will not go unpunished. They will perish. And they were drunkards turning their churches, fellowship halls into drunken celebrations. That's another one of those red flags that you should be very aware of when things just don't seem right. Like, hmm, this doesn't feel right. It's usually not, is it, Chrissy? That's right. You have to be very careful with what you see. And again, if you know the Word of God and you walk into a church or a gathering and there is a check in your spirit, the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing you, you need to turn the other way. Even if you were invited with a friend, you know, just say you need to leave because you do not want to be a part of this because they will, I'm telling you, the enemy is so strong yes. and he will talk you into things that you never thought you'd be talked into. So you have to be aware. And the part where it says they've gone astray by abandoning the straight path, the straight mm. way, mm-hmm. you need to ask yourself, 
Mm-hmm. You know, am I going the right direction? Am I on the right path? Am I listening to the right people? Am I reading the right books? Am I doing the things that God would be proud of, that God, that are godly, things yeah. that are of him? If it's not of him, you need to run the other way and not look back. I don't care how cool it is. I don't care how many people are on board because in these last days, these false teachers are going to come from everywhere. Just think about it. Peter was talking about this thousands and thousands of years ago, and we're still talking about it. Yeah, we are. False teachers are everywhere. They are. And you can see them on YouTube and you can see them on TV. You can see them all kinds of places. Well, and you mentioned it. You said yes. if you're on the, you need to know what path you're on. And yes. what does the scripture say? The road to righteousness is less traveled. That's right. So if you, if you're on the road and it's packed, jam packed. <laughs> yes. Odds are it's the you're, wrong road. It's the wrong road. And Change so your if direction. you feel lonely some, di- some days in your walk, if you don't feel like you have a friend, if you feel like some pe- people are making fun of you or you're not cool, then you're probably on the right road. I'm just and saying. listen, that's going to happen to our children yeah, in is. school and it's going to happen in college and you need to educate them and let them know that it's okay. If they don't have friends or they weren't invited to the party or they're not a part of the cool people, whatever the terminology is, you need to let them know that that road is very wide. That's right. Very wide. That's and the right. one less taken is narrow but it's the right direction that we need to go. Amen. All right. I am going to finish up this chapter by reading 18 through 22. Okay. For by uttering boastful, empty words, they seduce with fleshly desires and debauchery, people who have barely escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption since people are enslaved to whatever defeats them. For if, having escaped the world's impurity through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in these things and defeated, the last state is worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness then, after knowing it, to turn back from the holy command delivered to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit and a washed sow returns to wallowing in the mud. This part of the scripture, he is just giving them examples of what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like when you have been taken in and you have fallen to these deceptive teachings. And he's saying, if you've accepted Christ, which he assumes that this is me saying this, that he assumes he's talking to believers because they're saved and they're in the church, but now they're following this this false teaching that they've heard, he said it was better off not even to be saved to begin with because you were right. saved and then you go back to this life. And it's like a dog returning to its own vomit, like a, a hog returning to Waller back in the mud after he had been cleaned up. Right. It's a believer going back to their old ways. And he's saying, come back to the way it was. Do not fall for this. And I am that person. I am that person that for two years of my college career, I 
did not live a life of righteousness. I did what I wanted to do, did not follow God's ways. And for two years, I did that. And it was fun. Y'all, sin is fun. Sin, there's a lot, of, but then there's consequences and there's things for, there's all kinds of consequences from the Lord when you belong to him. And I woke up one morning, my sophomore year, and he's like, what are you doing? The Holy Spirit let me go so far. And then he got my attention and said, yeah. what are you doing? Pull yeah. yourself together. Go walk on different sidewalks, surround yourself with different people. So for me, because I know who I am, I had to physically transfer to another school. And that's why I transferred. I needed to make different friends. I needed to get in a different environment. And there was nothing wrong with the environment I was in. I had just followed the wrong group of people. I got to be a part of people that were not believers, or if they were believers, they weren't acting like it. They were like me. And Lisa, every night when I went home, I knew it was wrong. I knew because I belonged to him. So when you get involved in things that are not of the Lord and you have that gnawing in your stomach that you just can't get rid of, that is the Holy Spirit saying, come home. Yeah. Come back to me. Get back on the narrow path. And that's what Peter's trying to tell them. And I think the best way to do this is to to guide your children, to guide yourself back to Galatians, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Take a look at your life and say, do any of these fruit Are they in my life at all? Because those are the characteristics and the traits of a believer. And I woke up that day thinking, I don't have any of the fruit of the Spirit. I know it's in me because when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's all planted in there. It's in you. You have to grow it. And you grow it by being in the Word of God and surrounding yourself with the people that all the things that we talk about over and over on this podcast. But you have to know the Word of God. You have to have a working relationship with Him, a current relationship with Him. He will never leave you. He never left me. But by golly, he got a hold of me and said, okay, time's up. You're coming home. We're going to clean you up and you're going to get back on the road. And I've never, ever looked back. And I know many people that have a story similar or they got off the path and got back on because God will never, ever leave you. So no matter where you are today, what you're walking in, what you've done, God's grace is there for you. His blood has already covered you. You are his, you belong to him. And he is on that front porch with the light on saying, come home, come home. And I want to have a party to celebrate you and the decision you've made to come home. And I think Peter is ending this chapter with that, just saying, This is a test of your character. It's a test of who you are. You know, where is your joy? Where is your peace? Where's your kindness and your goodness and and your self-control? Is that a part of your life right now? And if you look up and it's not, then you need to turn around and get back on that narrow path. You have to be careful of how you walk and where you walk and who you walk with and all those things. You do. And on my notes here, I wrote, okay, so Peter is mad. (laughs) Yeah. He's writing from probably Rome, but he's writing to the church that's all over. And he's saying, this way will not work, you guys. These these are, they are blaspheming God's truth. They are blaspheming the gospel. They know better too. And they've been told the, the truth. They've been told the gospel and they're still doing their own thing and living for sin. 
And it's important to note here that this message is for us too. We need to be aware. Just like you said, I wrote down, how do we know the truth? Well, we've got to be in God's word, just like you said, Chrissy. And and I I started thinking about this. Why do we listen to these false teachings? It's for our own gain and our senses. We want our ears to be tickled. We want to feel better about our sin. We want to feel better about our situation. Same, just like I already mentioned in parenting, if your child struggles in an area and you don't know how to deal with it, you justify it. Right. And it's the exact same thing that Peter was trying to tell them here. This is not who you are in Jesus Christ. Jesus did not come and die for the sins of the world for you to be living like this and believing these people. This is not uh, for you. We've got to reject any teaching that advocates a lifestyle or a doctrine that's clearly contrary to the word of God, period. I mean, I just keep thinking about popular podcast hosts and authors out there today that have just basically come to realizations that some parts of the Bible aren't so true anymore or that it didn't mean that when it was written. It means something different than we thought. All of these things. That the, that the foundations of the church of Jesus Christ were set on. And all of a sudden, they've done their own study for three months and come to a realization. Well, guys, that should be a red flag for us. That how did these people, these centuries of believers and theologians and, and lovers of Jesus Christ, martyrs, how'd they get it wrong? I love this prayer at the end of the Holman commentary, Chrissy. I thought we could close with this. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I'm good. It says, Lord, it is too easy to be fooled, to be led astray. Sometimes we just put our guard down. We stop thinking. We stop trusting your word. Lord, help us to be strong in the faith without without becoming hard and brittle to others. Allow our minds to be continually renewed by your spirit so we might know your word. Allow our hearts to remain soft so we might communicate your word with love and gentleness. May we never lose sight of the fact that people are going to spend eternity apart from you in hell unless they accept you as Lord and Savior. May we always hold on to you and hold you out to others. Amen. So good. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. If you like what you heard, and we're encouraged. Please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because your recommendation for our podcast brings us great joy and it helps others find out about us. And if you are able to help support our podcast ministry, we would absolutely love that. You can go to chrissydunham.org and click the link to the party table. No donation is too small. We are so thankful for you. God bless.